happy tenant is a good tenant. We did not intend to be in the property management business. The property management industry is very sharing. We're providing housing for human lives. And life happens to everybody. You don't manage as many properties as I do without the stories. Like six grown men jump back like, what the hell was that? Something's about to eat us. You're listening to the Property Manager Podcast, brought to you by Buildium. Real stories, real people. I'm Tony Milo from Buildium, and this is the Property Manager Podcast. Welcome to the Property Manager Podcast. My name is Tony Maiella, and we have a very special episode today. It's actually our season finale, our season two finale. We have uh, our CEO, CEO of Buildium, Chris Litster with us. Hi, Chris. How are you doing today? Hello, Tony. I'm doing great. Thank you. How are you? Excellent. And of course, you know, one of the important things of the Property Manager Podcast is about predicting trends and talking about where the industry is going. So, Chris, you recently got back from NARPM's annual conference where you presented uh, with Gail, CEO of NARPM. Could you tell us a little bit about why this year's event was so special? I definitely can. Well, I think one of the things that was really special was it was the opportunity for Gail and I to present for the third time together. So we're becoming a little bit of a uh, team to beat, if you will, at NARPM. And it was our opportunity to present our fifth annual State of the Property Management Industry Report, which is super exciting. And this year, it was the biggest, the baddest, the boldest report that we've ever done. It had nearly 4,000 respondents that led to a book that we we essentially created a a coffee table book right because it was just jam-packed of information and again we gave it out at uh, at the conference it was the thing to get at the conference and you know i love narpum because it's full of great energy they do a great show and it was special because the idea that we have been talking about in hearing from our respondents for at least you know the past four or five years is that the industry is changing and we saw a you know, great deal of examples of that throughout the conference. And this idea of it's changing to a relationship-based or greater hospitality-based type of industry uh, is just coming through not only through the vendors that are there, but just through the stories that you're hearing from the attendees. It was a really special time. I look forward to it every year. Now, of course, there are a lot of changes in the industry. Um, you know, one of the big themes of the 2020 State of the Property Management Industry Report was that the industry has already changed. Um, now, what are the macro factors that are really driving this evolution? Yeah, there's there's two sides of that of that question that are really interesting to look at. For the first one, on the property management side, on actually running a property management business, you know, we're hearing from the Bureau of Labor Statistics that. Uh, for the next five years or in the next five years, there's going to be a demand of 10% growth of property managers uh, in the space simply because of what's going on in the space. And, you know, that is compared to a 7% demand uh, for just about every other industry. For the first time uh, in this past year, the trends have crossed such that there are now more people renting than there are people owning. That's, the, again, that's like, that's the first time that has ever happened. Right. That is incredible. So awesome, right? Well, the trouble is that less people are entering property management and becoming property managers uh, now more so than ever. So there's a greater demand, less people are entering. So it is there is a worry that there's going to be a little bit of a, a shortage. Um, and so we're doing we're working with partners and other folks to try to really give property management a PR campaign, frankly, so that we can help 
more uh, people get interested in, in entering because it's going to be uh, an industry in demand even more so than it is today. Now, what are those property management firms dealing with uh, from overall in, in, the, in the item of property management in that kind of operation? Well, there's a number of things there too, right? So housing costs are increasing. Regulation and, and legislation are, are coming you know, from all points and all different aspects, from rent control and tenant screening. There's new regulations happening across the country. Their owner mix is changing, so there's actually more institutional owners or institutional investors coming in rather than people that are just deciding to have property manager deal with one or two units that they just have may have fallen into. Sure, just huge conglomerates. Right. And then um, their resident demographics are changing. You know, we've been talking for years around the idea of the baby boomers and Gen Xers, and well, that's continuing to happen, right? And so property management is faced with a potential labor shortage, demand is great, and then there are all these other changes going on with the actual of what is property management. Um, so it's almost, you know, it's a fantastic time to be in this space, but it's one that we really need to make sure that people continue to decide to become property managers. Right, lots of opportunity. Yeah, lots sure. of opportunity for those that jump in and lots of opportunity for those that then in turn differentiate themselves from everybody else in it. Right, and we've heard that from property managers on the Property Manager podcast all throughout season two. Yeah. Like the, you know, the amount of regulations that are now springing up, uh, just the, you know, uh, the boom, but then the quick changes cap rates if you don't get into a yeah. market what yeah. then that that rental market changes from year to year yeah. so it's it, yeah it's not an easy environment to process for a lot of yeah. folks and just as center you all have done a you know congrats on a great season and it's really interesting to see how I think you would almost think it was staged, right? Because what we heard this season from the folks that you were working with was supported by the survey was supported by what we're hearing at NARPM you know so it's all coming together to say hey property management has changed and it's it's here so let's get on with it embrace the change so that for the next five years we can continue to grow and evolve right and it's going to be exponential growth to tell you that yep okay now as a ceo of a fast-growing tech company you know leadership is mission critical in times of change and in industries like ours so how can property management leaders make the right calls to positively impact the trajectory of their businesses yeah, it's a great question, and it's incumbent on the leaders of uh, property management firms and companies to make sure that they are providing that strategy that differentiates themselves from their competitors. And by doing that, the rest of the company company will understand what that firm stands for and how they stand out differently from other people within their region that are doing the same type of thing. And what we're really seeing is the best leaders in the space right now are differentiating themselves, again, on that relationship aspect, on making it known that the residents matter, on making it known that the ownerships matter, and that the most important thing within that company isn't just how the operational uh, parts of the business are, are working and how well they are being from an efficiency perspective and how are they looking from a growth perspective. Those things are all foundational elements of how you run a property management business. That's not how you're going to stand out. Again, the way that I think we, we're seeing that you stand out will be from leaders focusing on the relationships that they have with their clients and the relationships that they have with their residents. And then that's all going to ripple down through the rest of the organization. And the rest of the organization will understand that those things are important. Yeah, it's so true. And, and uh, of course, 
you know, in doing that, Buildium wants to support property managers in that right. journey. Right. So, so how do you envision Buildium supporting property managers as you know, time goes on? Yeah, exactly. So I've been in this industry now for uh, coming up on, on what, three years. I've been around small businesses and working with small businesses for upwards now of 15, 17 years. And what's important for working with property management firms and being a technology vendor is to work to make the technology kind of go into the background. There's been a almost an assumption or, or people have just accepted, other vendors have accepted in this space that property management needs to be hard because you're dealing with financial elements, you're dealing with accounting, you're dealing with the regulatory environment, you know, leasing and all that. So it's our mission here at Buildium to say, nope, we're not gonna accept that. We're not gonna accept the fact that property management is hard. And so the way that we are looking to grow in, in or to help other property management firms grow is to make this stuff easier and easier and easier. And so we do that through our platform, we do that through the help that we give through our live people, we do that through the automated help we give in like Buildium Academy and through our knowledge our knowledge basis. It's, we're really trying to change how this industry is viewed to the point that again, it's all it's not all about automating the operational aspects. It's around getting those in the background, working, not being thought about really, so that property management firms and those that work in them can focus again on the relationships that they have with their residents and with their owners. So clearly as the property management industry goes through all of these changes and evolves, you know, strong leadership is needed. So what are the qualities of a strong leader in your experience and what does that mean to you? Yeah, I get asked this all the time and my first answer is I think leadership comes in so many different forms and at so many different times and it's really um, you know, kind of almost depending on on the situation. I do think though there are kind of probably a couple of foundational elements. I think a great leader has to be full of empathy. I think a great leader has to be a phenomenal communicator and listener and uh, be willing to put themselves uh, second and put themselves in other people's shoes so that they can understand what other folks are going through and the motivations and where they're coming from. And once you get that foundational element, I think then other aspects of leadership really kind of flourishes, if you will, um, by supporting and, and helping grow people and making sure that people are you know, aiming higher than even they think that they can get and motivating folks to, to go for that golden ring, uh, even maybe sometimes when people don't think they can, and setting up that environment to help them get there. The idea of leadership in many forms is is something that we see all the time here at Buildium, and I'm so proud to say that I think we have some phenomenal leaders here at Buildium. And I'll I'll just give you an example. We talk about this one all the time. It's almost you know it is Buildium lore. You know, we had someone on the phones where there was a woman in the office that actually went into labor, and um, when not in our office, they were on the phone. <laughs> sorry, they were on the phone with someone who went into labor, and you know the rep on the phone. The woman didn't know what to do. She didn't have a way to get to the hospital. And the rep pulled out his credit card and got a lift for that woman from Boston. He was in Boston. She's on the other side of the country. And he arranged for a lift to go from her office to the hospital. That's phenomenal leadership, right? And for for us to then be, to be able to repeat that and talk about it and use it as an example for other folks within the organization. It just helps build on our culture. It helps build on the idea of what leadership is for Buildium. And 
it's something that other people will then emulate and know that we support that that type of idea and it makes people better. You know, it's all based out of empathy. Um, It's all based on going above and beyond. It's just a great example, I think, that, you know, people are looking for you. What does leadership mean? Mm -hmm. Um, Well, leadership means what where you are at that point in time and how you as a person think through the situation and make the right decision. That's what that's what I think leadership means. So bold answer. I love it. And, you know, another great thing, too, that, you know, for me uh, stands out. In, in your response is that, you know, it's up to property managers to look at their residents, to look at those situations yeah. uh, and to ask themselves, like, what would make that experience better? What would mean something? How would they connect with those residents? Right. The one thing I think that gets lost a little bit and, and most notably with the idea that now more people are renting than owning a home. If you are a renter, that is your home, right? Whether you own it or not. It's not a unit, it's your home. And so what's that experience that property management firms should be offering up to their residents who are renting while remembering that resident looks at where they are as their home? That, from a property management perspective, would would be phenomenal leadership. Regardless of whose name is on the mortgage, the resident within that particular unit is looking at that place as their home. And we should, in property management firms, should be doing everything they can to support that idea. Amazing. So we've already seen the industry grow in leaps and bounds over the past five years. You know, this the 2020 industry report is a culmination of that relationship with NARPM over the past five years. What do you think the industry will look like yeah. in the next five years? What's yeah. going to change? What's going to happen? Right. I think what over these past five years, what we've seen is the move from, hey, technology and other things are coming into play in the in the property management space. And the first reaction really for not only in property management, but this has happened in the many other industries, are people saying, no, 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 there might be a little bit of apprehension of adopting technology. This year we saw in the survey the number of, from a percentage perspective, the adoption of technology across the board in property management jump by leaps and bounds. Like we're talking double points, right? I think in five years, what we're going to see is the technology is going to be there. But again, it is it is going to make many of the operational aspects and many of the things that traditionally have been known as or thought to be too hard to make better in this space, again, be in the background. And what you're going to see is property management being this full-fledged hospitality, relationship-based, empathy-driven, service-oriented type of business. Think of the hotel business, think of any kind of concierge-type driven driven industry. That's what this industry is going to be, I think, in five years. And what's what the greatest thing is going to be is that technology is going to enable, you know, you can't get more time, right? You can just only use your time more effectively. And I think once the full hug happens around technology, property management folks are going to have the ability to really understand and know their residents and understand what they really want, understand and know even to a greater degree their their changing owners and what that group of folks looks like so that they can spend time with them. And that rather being a situation where it's a reactive type of relationship, which it is today on both sides, I believe it's going to be a proactive type of relationship in five years where there is out, you know, they're going out and actively engaging without be, you know, not because of a broken pipe and not because of an owner hasn't gotten their documents or understood what's going on from month to month basis. Um, 
and that's going to be exciting because that's really going to how going to be how people do, again differentiate themselves from accepting the idea that relationships are going to matter so much more in five years. Right, and it's where people live, so it's near and dear to, to everybody's hearts, and right. there's, there's a point of connection there for, for us all. Right. Um, so Chris, thank you so much for joining us today uh, and taking the time out of your busy day to make it happen. We really appreciate it, and um, yeah, well, I guess we will talk to you again soon. Hope to have you on the show uh, next season. I am psyched to be here. Congrats on season number two. I'm pretty psyched that I got to be on the finale. So thank you very much. That was a great interview, Tony. It's always good to talk to Chris. He has great insights. As he represented, he is a leader who leads with empathy. He's also a passionate fan of the small business. And that's part of, I think, what energizes him and uh, really all of us as we are working with the property managers, um, especially the ones that are growing and scaling in this market. Absolutely. And continuing on the theme of the 2020 Industry Report, we actually have a special guest with us again right now. Uh, Robin Young, the senior researcher here at Buildium, is joining us to answer even more questions about the trends that are affecting the property management industry. And, uh, you know, we're really excited to have her. So welcome, Robin. Thank you for having me. Yeah, no problem. So we're psyched. We have over 20,000 listeners. And, and this this interview, what... Uh, I'm selfishly hoping to get out of it is um, really the the hoping to, I'm hoping to nerd out a little bit about property management trends, <laughs> stats, rental markets, uh, and and I know that's something that Robin is usually uh, usually loves to do. Right? <laughs> yeah, I'm Buildium's resident nerd. <laughs> <laughs> as we add to people's uh, titles, like Fred has very many, and yes, we should add that to Robin's as well. Resident <laughs> nerd, I love it. Um, Okay, so now in our latest video series, we talked pretty specifically about three aspects of the report uh, in a more formal way. So, I, I, you know, I want this to be more casual and talk about your process as a researcher. What do you like most about doing research? Cool, yeah. So what I like most about my job is I basically get to read about incredibly interesting things all day um, and then put them all together and make predictions for the industry, which is incredibly interesting, incredibly exciting, um, and I feel very lucky to get to do it. But I also know that most people would not want to sit staring at spreadsheets and market research all day, so I'm uniquely suited for this job. <laughs> that's right, that's right. So how did you get into it? So my background is actually in social science research, um, and I intended to work in that field, um, but by chance my first job was in writing. Um, and so I came to Buildium as a writer and was gradually able to add the research aspect back into it, which I'm thrilled about. Now, allow us to understand your process. Let us, let's peer into your brain a little bit here and what it takes to put together the industry report each year. Sure, it's a lot. It starts in about February to be released in October every year at the NARPA Manual Conference. And basically, I start by designing surveys that both measure the same trends over time to see how the industry is changing. And I also ask questions about specific trends that I want to see if property managers, renters, and rental owners have noticed um, in their own markets. So I run those three surveys, um, and then I match that data against market research that I do to figure out if our respondents are seeing things that the rest of the industry is too. 
And so really my job is synthesizing individual respondents' experiences with what's going on in the market overall and looking for patterns. Right. So all the interviews that you've heard on the Property Manager Podcast Season 2, Robin takes all of that that information and really from the research that she does, uh, she's really echoing it. And, and what's really interesting is that we've seen and we've heard throughout season two, like a lot of the same trends and themes that she's found in the report just echoed. So it's, she puts it all into numbers and, and makes it quantitative for us, which is so valuable because I know like for things to come together for property managers and for, and for them to understand what's going on, uh, the reporting is so important. Now, some researchers have moments when you know, all the data comes together in their mind and, and maybe causes some kind of aha moment. Um, curious if you had any of those moments uh, coming through the data for this last report. Yeah, the most exciting thing for me this year, I actually did my own analysis of census data. And what I wanted to see is there's a trend that I've had my eye on for the last couple of years, and I wanted to see if the census has found the same thing. And what that trend was is I've been noticing huge growth in some surprising cities um, that aren't always at the top of real estate investors list. They've been seeing faster population growth, job growth. Um, there are better cap rates in the real estate market. And I wanted to know if residents and investors and small businesses were going to start flocking to these cities in the face of a really high cost of living in some of our major markets like New York City and San Francisco and even Boston where we're based. And it turns out the same trends are being shown in the census data. Primary markets are losing hundreds of residents per day and smaller cities like Phoenix and Dallas are gaining over 100 residents per day. So it was incredibly exciting to see um, basically my own gut feeling echoed in the biggest database in the country. I have to say this is one of my favorite um, findings coming out of this year's industry report. Um, being somebody who uh, does the long commute from far west of Boston into Boston, I am very conscious of the need for good infrastructure or in the case of uh, our transit system, reasonably good. Um, but the, <laughs> the, Like I, no fires, no derailments. No fires, yes. no de derailments. Uh, it's been an epic year for, for the MBTA, but but realistically speaking, we can get to from some of these secondary markets like Worcester and Providence to Boston by rail. And some of these cities that are growing kind of surprisingly and also at a great rate, they don't have the kind of commuter infrastructure in place. They may, they may not have the schools or the fire departments or you know all the things that you need to support um, a growing population. And so like that for me is really fascinating where all this growth is happening, you know, what are the other ripple effects to to those cities beyond just, you know, an increased renter population? Yeah, 100%. Um, and, you know, for for me as a commuter as well, and I think for a lot of people, it's it's just, you know, it's so important. And eventually, you know, Robin and I have talked about this. I think there comes a time when there's a tipping point, you know, where a city can only sustain so much and the commutes really start to detract from the quality of life for people entering into the cities and start to, you know, impact even if there are like good salaries. Well, then, you know, a person spending an additional like two hours a day, like, you know, that's that's time that, that they can't get back that they spend each day. So just a, something that's amazing to think about. Yeah, and we actually, 
we are noticing that in big cities like Boston especially, just because they're big doesn't mean that they have the infrastructure set up to have the kind of growth that we've been seeing. Whereas smaller cities, they can keep building new housing at a much faster rate than a city like Boston that is in a limited area has already grown pretty much to its maximum um, can support. So there's really there's pros and cons for living in the biggest cities or up and coming cities that are still adjusting to the kind of growth they're seeing. Yeah, so interesting. Now, my next question has to do with some of the, you know, the process that you have in place uh, and how you gather your research. Specifically, if there are any unique challenges that you face in doing this report for the property management industry niche, because it is a niche industry. Yeah, one challenge that I face is that the nature of a property manager's job, it makes it really hard to find people who have the time to sit at their desk long enough to take a survey. We have to work really hard to get the number of respondents that we have. Um, and we are lucky to have a group of really loyal property managers who want to tell us what their experiences are. Um, and we rely on them for our research. Um, and. The second challenge is that there really isn't any property management specific research out there. Um, we're the only ones that are doing anything like this. And so it's really exciting to be in the position of discovering trends that nobody else is talking about yet. But it also means that we're often going at it on, on a limb with some really exciting findings. Um, I do a ton of extra research to make sure that um, the trends that our specific respondents are seeing resonate with the industry on a broader level. And we've been spot on every time, which is exciting. Yeah, it's, it's extremely exciting. And another thing that, that really, uh, really got me amped up this year about the report was how local we got how regional we got with uh, some of the property management trend uh, insights that that uh, that you delivered. So could you tell me a little bit more about the regional market section of the report? Yeah, this is my favorite part of the report too. Um, and it's something that I had in mind when I designed the surveys themselves. What I did this year is I included some questions about where our respondents are located, which allows me to filter their responses by location. Um, and we did this across all of our surveys so we can tell property managers here's how other businesses in your area are doing here's the kind of growth that they've seen in the last couple of years um, or that they expect in the future we can say here are the amenities that renters in your area are interested in here's how likely they are to move out next year and then with owners we can say um, are owners in your area looking to grow their portfolios? What are the biggest challenges they're facing? Um, what are their pain points when it comes to property management? So we were able to section off our data by location, which um, I was incredibly excited to see that that panned out. That's great. Yeah, so, so good to hear. Um, and now my next question has to do with what can property managers action upon with all of that info? Yeah. So. We try to be as actionable as possible in our recommendations so that property managers could turn to their page in the report and say, oh, here are the amenities that we should really be highlighting in our listings, um, or here are um, some markets that if I'm interested in maybe investing in a different market or supporting other investors as they look into a different market, that they have the data to support that. Um, so we did as much as we could to be able to say to property managers, um, 
hey, here are the challenges and the opportunities that are in your specific market. And actually, one of the most interesting things is that property managers are actually able to use this data to help them set themselves apart. Uh, we actually saw in the first couple of days after the report came out, one of our customers uh, tweeted a graphic where we talked about some of the top services that property management companies were offering, and they they listed them out, they used the graphic, they referenced the report, and then were able to say, and we offer every single one of these and more. And so that was a great way of, um, of them being able to like really brag about their business a little bit. Yeah, it's always super exciting to hear from real property managers about the way that our report enables them to differentiate their businesses from the competition because that's that's why we do this. Yeah, 100%. And another, you know, really uh, uh, awesome section this year, which is a new one for us as well, is uh, the research that you did on HOAs. So could you tell me a little bit about that? So we'd love to hear what uh, the main findings were there. Yeah, this is an area that we're really trying to learn more about. Um, and this year's survey gave us an opportunity to directly speak with association board members um, and also community association managers and find out um, what are your biggest pain points. Um, and one of the things that we found that was super interesting in this area was that 78% of property managers who took our survey who have association units in their portfolios, 78% have grown their portfolios in the last two years in comparison with 70% of property managers who just have rental properties. And this reflects the impressive growth that the community association sector has seen recently. Of the 840,000 single family homes that were constructed in 2018, 64% were built within homeowners associations. Um, and so we are going to be looking at this area as one that has a lot of potential growth um, and that we're hoping to do more focused research on in the future. That's awesome. So my next question has to do with you know, the trends that we think are most impacting property managers this year over the last year. Curious what you think about that. Our biggest finding this year that surprised us actually was that the role of the property manager itself is changing in response to some of the trends that we've been tracking, like increasing regulations, compressing cap rates, um, changing renter and owner expectations, and the way that the role of technology is impacting the industry. Um, we're seeing property managers take on more of a consultative role to prove the value that they can bring to an investor's portfolio. They're blending technologies that boost their efficiency with the kind of local market expertise and super personalized customer service that apps can replace. That finding really pulled all of the individual data points in the report together. Yeah, that's so true. And it's a recurring theme that we've seen and heard throughout season two of the podcast. And we've noticed as well that property management companies are now marketing themselves differently because, of course, they've had to, you know, really get into the spotlight more than they have had ever had to in the past because now people can write about them in reviews. They can write about them online. But regardless, it's just so interesting to see the property managers start to position themselves and their businesses differently, sometimes not even calling their businesses property management, focusing more on the investment side of their business to really relate more to um, you know, the, the owner investors that we're, we're seeing. Now to our last question, what do you think the future of the industry will look like? And how do you think the state of the property management report will adapt and turn and really 
continue to capture the sentiment of today's property managers. So there's a lot that's happening on a national level that is going to change individual property managers' experiences. I think we're all watching to see when the next recession is going to hit and what impact that'll have on our real estate market now that we have a lot of protections in place to keep a housing market crash from happening like it did a decade ago. There are trends happening on a national level and also on a local level, and we're really committed in our research to tracking both because we believe that things like the housing shortage, they're going to affect property managers in cities across the country. But things like regulations and individual trends in construction and um, how many people are renting versus owning their homes, those are things that we need to track by city. And so we're committed to helping property managers know what's going on both in their local market and on a national level. Right, because after all, property management is inherently local. And, you know, uh, owners look to property managers to, to share that local expertise and to be a true partner. So with that, that just about does it for us. Is this the end of the season? I, yeah, I, I can't believe it. I think we actually got to the end of season two. So what what are we going to do for season three? Have we even talked about that yet? We are already planning season three. Um, but this has been, this has just been a great season for the podcast. I feel like we've had some incredibly um, interesting, eye-opening, hilarious, emotional interviews with um, with our property manager friends. And <laughs> <laughs> You're basically saying, I laughed. I cried. I laughed. I cried. I played with the cats. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. And, it, and it's awesome working with everybody here. So, you know, if I had a, a glass of champagne, I would raise it. Uh, here's to the end of season two, and we look forward to season three. And as always, Fred, you're going to say something? Oh, yeah, I was just going to say nothing like an 8 a.m. toast, but continue. <laughs> 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 yes, that's true. Um, but yeah, of course, if you like what you hear, we've got plenty of episodes, but please give us a five-star rating. We love your ratings. We love your comments. And please give us feedback on what you want to hear for season three, because we'd love to have you as a guest. Uh, and we'd love to you know, explore different themes and, and get other you know, new guests from the real estate industry in here. So with that, season two has been unreal. We can't wait for season three. And I think this is us signing out. Until next time.